Hello, beneficiaries of the First Amendment. Welcome to The Write-Up, a podcast brought to you by the editors of the University Press. I'm Claire Robertson. I'm the managing editor. I'm Kate Smith. I am the sports editor. And I'm Olivia Malik, and I'm the editor-in-chief. This is our second podcast, our second episode. We recorded our first episode a couple weeks ago, but due to some news that we're going to talk about. Really? (laughs) It feels like so long ago. It was literally only a week ago. Wow. Well, we had a tropical storm that got classes canceled for a few days that we're going to talk about. Tropical Storm Imelda and uh, the impact that had on our newsroom. We're also going to talk about some more international and national news that happened over the weekend, such as Megan Rapino uh, winning an award, a FIFA award, and um, what was recently announced yesterday, the Official. impeachment inquiry yes. into the president. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things slated, um, starting with Imelda. I'm kind of embarrassed. I thought it was a couple weeks ago. I feel like this has been the longest weekend and week of my life. It's been a really long five days. Yeah. Since, since Amelda hit our yeah. our city our in our area. last in our last podcast, we talked about the idea of uh, PTSD, post traumatic storm disorder. Yeah, sure right. So on Wednesday, I messaged uh, this editorial group that we have, and I said, uh, "I don't think I'm going to be able to come to campus. I heard there's a storm. I'm scared to leave the house." Well, it was interesting because on Tuesday, when on Tuesday, September seventeenth, when we recorded our podcast Amelda had just been like had just upgraded from a uh, tropical depression to a tropical storm and then Wednesday September 18th when the storm actually hit us um, you know we were like it was raining pretty steadily all day like I came to campus but it got so much worse like that evening so yeah yeah Wednesday night was really scary I kept getting woken up by the storm, the thunder, weather alerts on your phone warning you about flash flooding. I feel like I wasn't actually getting that many weather alerts. Like I didn't, I can't recall getting more than one hmm. wow. flash flood warning until after the flooding had already happened. Hmm. Yeah. Which is weird because I feel like every time it rains, we get a flash flood warning. It, it, this, it would seem that way. I mean, my phone was like, literally like littered with like those updates like every every five minutes and i'm like that was really loud and, and that's the and that's the point of it like it was so loud that like it woke me up from my slumber you could call it alarming alarming mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. indeed <laughs> right yeah so um, we were just worried about the idea of a flood but olivia yeah well i was uh i was taking a nap for like five hours and I was asleep in my bed, and then um, it was around nine nine o'clock at night, and my dad came into my room and he woke me up and he was like, um, he was like, get up, there's there's water coming into the house, and so I like sat up in my bed and I looked down and there was water coming through, um, the walls in my bedroom, and uh, yeah, so that was pretty freaky. Like I thought it was a joke when he first said it. I really wish it had been. <laughs> Um, but no, it was, it was, yeah, so there was water coming in the house, and he was, like, you know, told my brother and I to quickly pick up stuff off the floor, but I was kind of in shock, so I really wasn't, like, able to process what was happening, and I didn't process what was happening for a few more hours, um, but, I mean, 
we were we were lucky because we only got a couple inches of water in our house, and we didn't have to gut it like a lot of people did. So, um, you know, in the end, it could have been a lot worse. Thank goodness, right? But um, Amelda did have a big impact on our community. Therefore, it had a very big impact on our paper. Oh yeah, production. It sure did. Yeah, coming in Monday was wild. You know, like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. That's or until you have a tropical storm. Uh, You you know what was (laughs) funny was like this, like these past couple of days, probably the past two days, and even like uh, today. um, I had never like in my life experienced what Olivia and Cassie experienced. You know, all those times when uh, Cassie's our former uh, UP editor, by the way. And, um, like, I just never experienced all the stress you guys have. And now I understand, like, how stressful it is. Like, today, right. uh, I came in really early because Olivia was like, hey, you guys got to come in early. And I'm like. Well, we stayed we stayed up at the office until 11 o'clock last night trying to, um, you know, get as much layout on the paper done as possible. Because we go to press on Wednesdays. Yes, and yeah. most of our content that we had already, that had already been planned, you know, a lot of interviews fell through because of the storm, and so it all got replaced by new content that had to deal with Imelda, so... Um, or the old content just wasn't as important or relevant. Right. right. You know, when you have a storm that affects your whole community, you need to cover it more right. than someone's opinion column. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, we, we come in, and, or I come in, like the, I'm not the first one coming in, and Andy's, you know, He's like, well, what's going on? And, you know, I explained to him what, what happened last night. We kind of just deciding different things and stuff like that. And eventually, like, I got my pages done. But, like, literally yesterday was, like, really the most stressful day for me. Like, because I kept, like, constantly, constantly, like, worrying about, like, are we going to get this stuff done today? Yeah. Are we going to get it done on Wednesday at a decent enough time? And today, oh, it was kind of rough because, like, I was manning the fort, metaphorically, at the office for a while while you guys were at LUTV earlier. Right. Um, Yeah, Olivia and I did a... Little shout out to LUTV. Conversation panel about news consumption today. And news engagement. So Cade was the only editor in the office during crunch time. Right. Yeah. So it was was wild, man. I, um, having been an editor previously, I was managing editor last year, last academic year, um... And having been on the staff now for quite a few, for four semesters and laying out papers for four semesters, I'm used to the schedule, so um, I, I really wasn't worried. Like, uh, normally, um, in the, like last semester, we finished things quicker, but that was because Cassie and I both knew, like, the, our ways around Quark Express, which is the program we use to lay out our paper, and uh, for Kate and Claire, it's a learning process, so... Um, but I, I really wasn't worried. I knew we were going to get it done. And I'm actually really proud of the paper we put out. I think we have a lot of good content. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, those are things that I think are really going to impact people when they read them. And that'll be available at LamarUniversityPress.com tomorrow morning. And, and yeah, in campus. kiosks <laughs> all across the campus. Yeah. Yeah, that too. So. Um, but, yeah. But it, the testament to an event like this is that it is um, a very, very good example of what it takes to turn around 
stories and essentially a whole paper in just a couple of days. And um, so from a journalistic, like, professional perspective, it was actually a really good experience and uh, makes you work really hard under the deadline. Yeah, it was a really good lesson. So, you know, a lot of... We, we, we certainly... Uh, we were we were up at the office very late last night, so we, we were very tired, and we were very tired today, but um, it all came together. In the yeah, sure did. This week in news, uh, Cade has something he wants to talk about. Um, so Megan Rapino, star, um, FIFA uh, World Cup player, um, also a star on the women's team, and in the headlines this whole summer. I watched the whole women's team, like, the whole whole entire summer, the whole World Cup in France. It was wild. Every game that they played was wild. Even the first one they played against uh, Thailand, 14 to nothing. Right. And that literally was the record for amount of goals in a FIFA World Cup game. That wow. was the most. But um, speaking of Megan Rapinoe, um, she won the FIFA Women's Player of the Year award um, this week. And I, I kind of see it as a big st- – she kind of stuck it to Donald Trump, you know, because she was kind of in the media talking, you know, against him. Didn't want to go to the effing White House. Let's just say that. Was that a direct quote? Uh, sort of. <laughs> um, An indirect direct quote. But anyways, so um, it looks like as of uh, this morning, oh, I'm sorry, Tuesday morning, um, she is praising Raheem Sterling Blue Girl in FIFA World uh, Award speech. Um, Raheem Sterling plays uh, for Man City or Manchester United. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, Man City. It is Man City. Um, he plays for Man City. And Does Man stand for Manchester? Manchester City, yes. And um, he um, is fighting racism right now, and she is backing him up right now. Um, and she's she's very very she's been controversial in a sense of like. In a good way, I would suppose, suppose, especially from an athlete standpoint, because you know a lot of people that I t- I've talked to, you know, in my family and even like around campus during the summer, you know, they were talking about how like should athletes be have a political agenda when they you know get on the microphone and be interviewed, and I right. think that it's they, they should. I mean, you know, and politics, that's a that's a topic that's been kind of a hot button issue for a while ever since you know, I mean. Before Colin Kaepernick, but certainly has been reignited since, since. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, definitely. And so she's been a big kind of proprietor of like uh, LGBT rights. I mean, she is dating um, Sue Bird from the uh, WNBA, and they seem to be happy, really happy. I mean, I'm happy for him and whatnot. And and I like Regan Rapino. She's a great, strong, you know, striker. You know, got a lot of goals in the. Uh, World Cup, so um, that's all for sports, really, that I want to talk about. All right. Claire? More on to weekend news. Um, well, I guess it's not the weekend because this was announced yesterday that there's an official impeachment investigation being launched, and uh, this is an update from the New York Times. It says right now, it was last updated 25 minutes ago, uh, right now, President Trump is holding his first news conference since Speaker Nancy Pelosi declared that an impeachment inquiry had been launched. So uh, it feels like ever since Donald Trump was even elected as president, Democrats had been talking about different avenues to impeach him. Um, 
and this is only the the most recent, but it seems to be gaining more traction and more um, bolstering by the law mm-hmm. than uh, other issues. So um, certainly, I, I'm not sure how to summarize it because it's pretty complicated, and uh, depending on who you ask, it can either sound like, um, you know, Democrats are just looking for for any handhold, or it's like uh, finally they found an in. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are saying, you know investigating someone else isn't a crime because that's what Trump is being accused of is asking Ukraine to investigate uh, the Biden mm-hmm. family. Right. Um, or you can spin that and say this is trying to fix an election since Joe Biden is running against him in the future 2020 presidential election. Right. So it's uh, getting spicy. My Facebook feed is um, overwhelmingly conservative and everyone's mad about it. It's going to be interesting. Um From the perspective of an American citizen who's going to vote in 2020, but also um, just from the news perspective to see how this story unfolds, this is certainly one of those issues that is very polarizing. Um, You know, you've got one side people don't don't want him to be impeached. They think this might be a waste of time. And then you have another side that's certainly like 100% for it and would impeach him at all costs um i think polarizing is a really important thing to bring up i think that's why it's taken so long for the house to come forward and officially create an impeachment inquiry Mm -hmm. because um for so long it was like more left-leaning democrats that were really interested and the moderates were saying you know it wasn't worth the division it would cause in the country right now that the moderate democrats seem to be on board I guess as a team, they're deciding, you know, this might be a bipartisan issue. If we can get the moderates right. on board, we might be able to get the conservatives on board as well. Right. And I, I um, you know, it, it obviously it's, it's impossible to say what's going to become of all of this. Um, it, it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out and the impact that it has on everyone involved, not just the president. But, right. um, you know, Nancy Pelosi will be up for reelection. So, um you know, it, it, it's all, all of those, uh, all of those things are certainly factors in this uh, whole situation. Yeah. Some people are, I'm sure, are going to spin it and say, you know, the election is so soon. Why are we worried about um, impeaching a sitting president when we're about to elect uh, a new president? Well, potentially elect a new president. Uh, potentially elect a new president. You're right. You know, right. Uh, could very easily still go his way. Definitely. I don't know. Personally, I don't really see this um, getting out of the House and being approved by the Senate. Me either. But it's definitely big political news. And I think that maybe what's revealed outside, like the things that are revealed during this inquiry could have different impacts and have nothing to do with Trump talking to Ukraine about Biden and his family. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's just right now there's really not even a whole lot you can say because it's just kind of a waiting game at this point. And, um, you know, this is not one of those things that's going to be done in a week or a month or probably even a year, honestly. Yeah, considering is, how long the Mueller report took us. It's going to it's gonna take time. And so people have got to remember that and remember not to um, sensationalize every little piece that comes out. Mm, you know, I feel like... Point. Uh, with the Mueller report, every time that there was an update, it was sensationalized to the extent where people thought, oh, this is what this is it. This is the final oh, straw. Yeah. 
And in the end, it ended up not really doing. Well, it felt like the season finale of, you know, the reality show I've been watching for two years. Right. I mean, I know personally, <laughs> I could not wait for the Mueller report to come out because right. whatever, whatever it found, it was going to be exciting. Exactly. And, and then it came out in it. And it was very, yeah. yeah, it's like the worst season finale ever. And it was like, I can't tell you that he did, but I won't tell you that he didn't. It was a great story. I mean, you wrote a great story on that. Thank too. you. Yeah. So. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, but it's definitely big political news. It's a developing story, and this ties in with what Olivia and I got to talk about on LUTV News today. Uh, during the, a developing story, there's really you can only report what you know, and sometimes what you know has not been confirmed yet. So uh, it's important to check your sources, to check it against multiple outlets, and, and even, see what's going on. And even things you know could change tomorrow. Right. So. You know, everything we know today could be completely different from everything we know tomorrow. Yes, things get confirmed and fact-checked. Yeah, and things change. So um, that's that's very important to remember. And um, I think it's also important to remember to read multiple outlets. Absolutely. And, and not just with a story like this, but really with, with most stories, I think you, you know, unless you already kind of know what you're getting out of it, you know, if you're reading... Um, a story about the latest celebrity breakup. You probably aren't going to have to go <laughs> Ooh, to like spicy. You're probably not going to have to go to three different sources to, you know, <laughs> scope that out unless you just are really interested in it. But you know, for something like this, you you would want to consult more than one source because so many today, so many um, news stories can be misconstrued as opinions, and people really get lost in opinion. Yeah, and they get lost in the sensationalized in the sensationalism of um social media so as writers, writers i think both of you have published more opinions in the paper than i have i don't think i've written an opinion piece just yet or and i think it's because i'm hesitant of writing an opinion piece and then it being cited later on as evidence of my bias do either of you guys worry about that? I mean, obviously, if you label something as an opinion column, uh -huh. that's all it right. is. Um, you can't take that as fact. This is a, a really interesting thing to talk about because last uh, semester in my news writing and news gathering class, we actually um, discuss that kind of issue in a discussion post. And I really, you know, uh, I, I certainly believe that you can have your own personal opinions and still be an ethical and accurate journalist. You know, the story is the story. And I know that for myself, you know, of course, we all have opinions about certain things. Of course, I have, um, you know, certain political positions or social positions that I take. But a story is a story that is bound by fact. And yeah. I am, you know, even if it's a fact that I don't like or don't agree with, you know, a fact is a fact. So for me... I don't worry about it because I know that my reporting is going to be objective, it's going to be accurate, and it's going to be credible because that's my job. Right. It's a very good point, Olivia. And right. and you can't play fast and loose with the truth. Well. In my opinion. Oh. Well, I'm sure with the new presidential election, I am going to have so many opportunities to write an opinion column and I really want to make the most out of it. You know, I'm just starting my journalistic career, 
and I love politics. Oh my gosh, I love national politics. There's so much to talk about. Yes, this is going to be a great year for the paper, from my point of view. Oh, definitely. Unfortunately, I'm not as politically inclined as you two are. That's all right. When you talk about sports, I have no idea who these people are. Well, but I think in a sense, sports ties to politics. Like like I said. Like the the Megan Rapinoe thing. Right. Because didn't he say like that she needed to win something before she criticized him, and then and, she won and the she World won the big Cup, thing. <laughs> and, it was and a then big she won to him. FIFA Woman of the Year. What's what's right. it called? FIFA Women's Player of the Year. Yeah, deserved every bit of it. Let me tell you, it's either going to be her, or Alex Morgan. Which another great thing about the FIFA World Cup was that celebration when they faced England in the semifinals. Right. I got to watch the U.S. Women's Soccer Team play the World Cup while I was sitting in a pub in England. Right, Claire. Gosh, that was, was an experience. And I don't really care about beer or soccer, but watching other people who love beer and love soccer watch the World Cup like in England. Their whole culture. <laughs> yeah, that was a great experience. Claire and I had a really great opportunity um, over the summer. We went on a study abroad trip led by Andy Coughlin uh, to Brighton, England. And so we were able to go during the world cup it we we did leave like i think a week or maybe two weeks before england played the united states so that would have been a really cool game to see over there um but we we watched um we watched england beat argentina yeah that was a wild one that was fun that was fun to be surrounded by everybody else right it was it was interesting to experience even as not a sports fan just as a fan of culture yeah i found it weird that like i was watching it like Okay, the thing about the whole, like, when you guys were gone and everything, what I found weird was is that it would be, like, mid-afternoon when I was watching the games, and then with y'all, it would be, like, at uh, nighttime. Yeah. Because right. I was talking to a, another per- like another one of y'all's, uh, whatever. Uh, another one of the students on the trip. Yeah, yes. Abigail, one of my best tr- be- bestest friends, you know. <laughs> um, so she would be like, oh, well, it's night, it's a good night. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's like... 3, 3 p.m. Right. But I'm like, oh, it's 9 over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that time, because it's like 6 hours ahead, so. Something like that, yeah. Any, any other news we want to discuss? I, I read this morning that the, uh, read this morning that the CEO of Jewel is stepping down, and they have stopped their really? advertising in the United States right now. Um, I didn't read the full article. I just saw, like, a little snippet of it. Um. But it does have a lot to do with, of course, you know, the recent uh, banning or Trump's plans to ban uh, flavored flavored vape. And also just the kind of like, you know, the studies that have come out, the cases that have come out of, um, you know, people getting sick from from vaping. Have there been studies? Uh, you know, it's, I feel like it's kind of soon for it is a very study. soon, but I think it's it's the time where they're starting. Yeah, so, yeah. there has definitely been cases that have possibly been linked to vaping. Oh, I mean, definitely. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. Do you vape? I used to. Oh, yes. Well, I guess now's I the time to be inspired to quit. Oh, well, I I, I stopped like I've been stopped. I, I Congratulations! Stopped, like completely. Like, like that's addict, awesome. You know? that's, like, that's hard. No, but, but this is like my third attempt of trying to do that. I mean, fourth attempt of trying yeah. to do that. And I, I mean, I, I was going through rough times, and we had this discussion off, off camera and ho- off mic, you know, off <laughs> off air, off, off air. air. Okay, all that. Yeah, <laughs> air, pairs and airs. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and 
it it's 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 unhealthy. It's an unhealthy habit. And well, here's what you need to do as an expert, which I'm not. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're not an expert. Here's what I've seen people do. Right. I know you're strapped for cash because you're a student and you're a journalist. Right. You need to right. give your jewel to your girlfriend because she cares about you oh. and she won't give it back. Okay. Because you can't rebuy. I mean, I'm assuming you won't be able to rebuy it. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. You know, I, I think that jeweling and vaping, which I I was always curious, like, what the difference between the two is. Jeweling is just a type of vape. So for anyone who didn't know that, um, I, I thought Thank they you. were two different things. Uh, <laughs> you like the sound? <laughs> but I think that vaping can actually help people who are, you know, cigarette smokers. You know, to wean themselves off of nicotine. Right. But if you're never smoked a cigarette and you start vaping, you're I believe the statistic is you're nine times more likely to start smoking. Well, that so, was the last news I saw from the Jewel CEO was uh, he was imploring people who are not smokers. I think it was imploring young people who don't smoke not to start jeweling. Right. Don't be jeweling now. Right. Right. Which I think is silly. I've seen friends start vaping when they weren't smokers and uh it's just like you're voluntarily taking on an expensive and risky addiction right right but i mean i have no experience i mean i'm sure it's a much more layered and complex issue than i'm making it out to be as someone with no dogs in this fight well the the end um result is nicotine addiction either way right and that's something you know nicotine is one of the most addictive substances you know next to like caffeine and you know, things, I mean, when people talk about addiction, they often jump to, like, opioids or really hard, you know, drugs or liquor or things like that. But yeah. it, th- these things like nicotine and caffeine are actually having really big impacts on um, on people as well. And yeah. anytime, if, if you drink, if you drink a caffeinated drink every day, you know, if you have coffee every morning or you drink a soda every day or something... The one day that you don't, you notice that you don't have that caffeine in your body and you have a withdrawal from it. Definitely and have a withdrawal. The, and that's the same thing as, you know, not taking pills for a couple hours or something See, when you're used to taking them. I would challenge you there because I definitely have a caffeine addiction. And when you don't get your fix, you do have withdrawal symptoms. And I don't want to say that they're not serious that they can't make you feel ill or give you a headache or even make you throw up dealing with fatigue a lot of irritability however it takes it quitting caffeine is a different story than quitting uh an illicit substance and it's not as expensive as keeping up with alcoholism or with um drug use or cigarettes i mean i can make a cup of coffee for since every morning right and it's not it's not the kind of addiction that's going to lead me to steal from my family members to fuel it i don't know right. if we can compare caffeine to like well yeah i mean i'm drugs. just as a, i'm just comparing well, the the actual method of addiction and you know and what i do actually i'm sorry i want to apologize for something i know that people who use drugs or who smoke cigarettes or vape or drink alcohol do not necessarily steal from family members to fuel their addiction. But I think that's like the most dramatic, darkest side of addiction that we could see. Right. But I, I don't want to make the statement that people suffering from addiction are also thieves. I think it's just important to remember that when you are, you know, we just just try and think about what it is that you're dependent on 
and how these substances affect you in one way or another? Well, it really doesn't decrease my quality of life like another addiction might. A caffeine addiction is very easy to maintain, you know? I never have to search far for caffeine. Right. And it never is expensive. But is it good to be addicted to caffeine? It's probably not good to be addicted to anything, but because my ease of access, it doesn't make it hard. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I I mean, I would rub caffeine with the other drugs because um, yesterday... Why? Well, I'm about to explain. I'm about to explain. Um, So... I don't know if we mentioned in the last podcast, but I have, I'm getting a minor in uh, criminal justice right now. And so I'm in a criminal justice class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we were talking about um, different types of crimes and drugs and whatnot. And caffeine is a stimulant. So just like uh, certain other stimulants, like uh, I guess what, cocaine? Would that be one of them, I guess? Yes. Would be... Well, think about um, energy drinks. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm, you guys see me with them. Gosh, I, and, uh, my girlfriend's told me like you need to stop drinking those energy drinks. Like, I drink mean, a cup people, of coffee. People die from energy drinks, so yeah, I know it depends. I think on your method of caffeine, you know. So I, I think, I, I, I mean, that I'm not going to say that. Yep. Um, you know. I'm not going to say that caffeine, you know, having a coffee every morning is the same as shooting heroin because it's, it's definitely not. Oh, it's definitely, yeah. It's uh, not. And why you can be addicted to both, like, if I don't have a cup of coffee, I'll be fine. Right. I will survive. <laughs> but if you're addicted With to... With a terrible attitude, but I'll be okay. <laughs> but if you're addicted to something like Red Bull or Monster or Bang or Won't you also like just be fine? Won't you also just, like be sick and uncomfortable for a couple I mean, days while you detox and I don't know is the addict but it, it's talking about like what does the addiction do to you how does it mess you up <laughs> you just walk outside you see someone with like a syringe just shooting it up gotta get my caffeine you know yeah I don't think caffeine brings people to desperation like other addictions might I, right you're right about that I mean I, I think it's dependent on the person yeah I mean I've drank some gross coffee before because bad coffee is better than no coffee mm. So, there's that. He's better. Yeah. I don't know. I'll drink gas station coffee. I do not care. You don't care, Claire. I do not care. You don't care where. I don't that? care where. Claire. As Claire, I don't care where my cafe is prepared. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Oh, and by the way, the uh, CEO of Jewel, his name was Kevin Burns. He was also the co-founder of Jewel. So what you're saying and is Kevin he, Burns... He got burnt out. He, he, oh! <laughs> he, he got he got burned out, and he, he's tobaccoing out of it. Uh, tobacco is not a verb. <laughs> no, it's not. That was bad. Um, and he is going to be replaced by Casey Crossweight. Crossweight? Crossweight? I believe Cross- that's how you say his name. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, if they'll redo any of their kind of advertising campaigns or anything, or if once uh, Kevin Burns leaves, if, you know, this new CEO will kind of just carry on, you know, doing whatever he feels is appropriate and will make him money. Did he give a reason that he was stepping down? Uh, I didn't. I know it's really easy to speculate. Like I said, I didn't read 
uh, the entire article, um, I just saw that he was stepping mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. that they were redo they, that they were stopping their advertisement in the U.S. Okay. temporarily. I'd be very interested to see how that develops. Yes. So, wow. Oh. Um, another interesting news thing kind of ties into what we talked to uh, talked about earlier. Uh, you know the the climate youth strike. Is that what it's called? Um, the student strike for climate change. Something. It's like called that? a couple different things because people from all over the world are participating. So as it gets translated, you might see youth strike for climate change, student strike for climate change. Right, and things like uh, that. you know one of the main focuses of that was a sixteen-year-old Greta Thunberg from. Uh, she's from Sweden. I want to say Sweden. Yeah. Um, and and so that that has been interesting, of course. Uh, in this in this age of social media, everything is uh, sensationalized and um, readily available. So as soon as a picture is out, there's already like a thousand memes of it, or you know, everything just gets spread around. So quickly. yeah, there's that GIF that's uh, circulating of her supposedly glaring at President Trump as he walks by. Right. But I think people are forgetting that's just kind of what she looks like. Yeah. Like in every. Every video I've seen of her, she is always kind of scowling a little bit. I don't, I can't confirm that it's directly directed at Donald Trump. Right. I mean, that's just kind of her face. Yeah. But it's been interesting to um, see the reactions to her speech that she yes. made. And uh, she gave a speech to the UN. And it was very, it was a very powerful speech. Yes. And, um, you know, also had an editorial in the paper that comes out tomorrow about the importance of climate change coming from an area where it's, you know, the impacts are certainly very visible at the moment with rising sea levels and things like that being on the coast. But also our main industry being in fossil fuels. Absolutely. So, you know, you kind of got to realize like, you know, what, what role do we play in this? Yeah. And a big one, a big one. And I feel like our local community as a whole doesn't really, take environmentalism seriously because we're a very conservative demographic. Yeah, because right. we don't believe in that, apparently. We make our money from fossil fuels, mm-hmm. and then we keep getting these powerful storms that uh, climate scientists believe could be made more powerful due to global warming. Not right. just, not necessarily that they're caused. The idea is that these storms would have happened anyways, but because of the uh, warmer temperatures, more moisture in the air, uh lends these, these storms to be more powerful and the flooding to be more severe. Right, and they just stay over us longer. The The reason, well, one of the reasons that both Hurricane Harvey and Tropical Storm Imelda were so devastating is that they just kind of sat over our area for, mm-hmm. you know, an extended period of time, which, you know, when you have a storm that's constantly dumping, like, you know, four to six feet of water on you, you know, obviously a retention ponds, uh, the sewerage system all of that gets overwhelmed and it gets filled up and then you know you just have all this water everywhere and um you know that certainly has a very devastating impact on communities right and people right and thank you guys for joining us joining me again (laughs) on this episode of the write-up and uh we'll be back next week appreciate y'all more topics more Mm -hmm. topics more news more life, I'm sure. Who knows? I mean, we could have a tornado. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There <laughs> oh. might. We could be coming back next week and talking about another 
Tropical storm. Tropical storm. Oh my gosh. It's all up in the air at the moment. But uh And thank you for listening. Yeah. UP Lamar. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag UP Lamar. All right. Bye guys. Thank you.